We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining host and her guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here's your host, Leah Mattinson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's show. From wherever you are in the wonderful cosmos today, we want to welcome you and thank you so much for tuning in to today's wonderful episode. Now, I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Crassi Atasio, ancient astrologer. Crassi, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah. Yes. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. So what we're going to talk about today and why it's so important is people want to know how they can create more success and love and flow in their life. And often they don't have the tools to do that. That's what Master Your Life is about, the insight, intelligence and inspiration to be able to live a life that is more in flow and more satisfying and more successful. So Crassie and I are going to talk today about sun, moon and ascendant sign astrology, because that's really popular. But even though it's really popular, it might not actually lead you to the the answers that you're looking for from the stars. So Crassy, let's weigh right into it. Let's talk about sun, moon and rising sign astrology and why it's so popular, but why it might actually be something that's a bit deceptive or confusing. Yes, yes. Thank you, Leah. Yes. This is very interesting and very important and very ancient. And we indeed need to look at the most ancient zodiac and astrological system which comes from the ancient Babylon like we spoke last time uh, we will of course look at the, the roots of astrology and this is of course the ancient Babylonian the hermetic astrology and this thing like sun astrology is something very contemporary very modern could be valid to some degree but doesn't really give complete and full information on your nature if you want on your horoscope like they want to imply it's like with the sun sign um the the contemporary astrology is is trying to convince you that this is the focus that this is what your horoscope is about or this is what your life is about the sun sign astrology which is in a way either deceptive or maybe misleading because let me go straight to the point the ancient cultures um were used very much for their predictive purposes, the lunar calendar, the moon calendar, but how simply in a very natural way, observational, very simply, just very simple. Let's look, for example, at the other deception, what they call new moon. What Mm. is new moon? How can you call new moon something that literally, practically on the sky is invisible moon? When the moon and the sun make exact conjunction, we do not see the moon anymore because the moon is hidden. It is burned by the rays of the sun. And they call this new moon. 
totally no logic in this. You cannot say new moon to something that is no, there is no moon. You can say no moon, but not new moon. This is deception number one. The new moon, literally and correctly, is when you see the first lunar crescent. When you see it, which would say that the moon already leaves the conjunction, leaves the degree when it has, um, it had, um, um, met the sun so then we can have the indeed the new moon from there the moon the moon the moon the, the lunar month starts from there the life starts the, the the beginning starts but let's go even further backwards in babylon in babylon you had something called a Kitu festival what was this the most uh sacred precious, wonderful day for celebration. This was the Akitu festival. Why uh, it was so sacred and so important? It was again about this moon, the appearance of the first lunar crescent um, before you had different ways for the Sumerians and for Babylonians. Okay, take the Babylonian version. After um, the sun enters the point, the sign where you, we have the spring equinox then we wait for the appearance of the first lunar crescent and this is describing not only the first lunar month of the year which is the first nisan or nisanu but this describes the whole year for sure so this is the akitu festival marked by the moon but not the new moon or the no moon it is marked by the <laughs> so how many of those akita festivals would there be in a year two you have one, which is when you have the, when the sun enters the point of the vernal equinox, for our era, astronomically, this is still Pisces. So the sun enters Pisces, enters Pisces. Then you wait for the moon to appear and they celebrate the Kitu 14 days of amazing celebration. Maybe I can tell you about this. It's very interesting. Then six months later, the, this first six months, even the whole year, but because what is the most important hermetic principle? It is so that every beginning describes the whole cycle. The whole, um, the beginning of a cycle describes the complete cycle. So what they did, they wait for the first moon to appear and the astrologer priest, because the astrologers were priests, uh, always would they would uh, serve the king. They would have the, this uh, ziggurat. It is like uh, in the temple of the king. In the middle, they would have these uh, towers. Towers, not towers. <laughs> 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 Where they would watch the sky. Everything would uh, on this moon day, moon day would matter. The neighbor that would come, the, the the warrior that would enter the temple of the king, um, the, the if there is a rain, if there is a wind, uh, if, if there is a dog barking, everything is part of this predictive day. Everything matters. Everything is ominous. Everything is important. So they would climb the ziggurat and they would watch the sky and predict on the new moon of the first of Nisan. Six months after. They would celebrate the second Akitu festival, which is when the sun enters the point of the autumn solstice. And then you have again the first lunar crescent. Again, the same is repeated. They would watch the sky and predict the next six months and so on. So the, the always the, the year 
becomes with the new moon. The month becomes with the new moon. Everything is the moon. There is no life without moon. We come here ruled and guided by the moon. We depart from this world guided by the moon. Yes, the sun is so important because the moon and the sun, both, they, they actually... Uh, rule your body. They are everything. They are, they are our, but the sun is different because the moon is our body. The moon is our mind. The moon is our feelings, intuition. But the sun is the consciousness, is our growth. It is, it is the connection with God. It is, it is the consciousness, the enlightenment. It is what we want to achieve. It is very different. And if we limit ourselves to some astrology, this is given by the dark uh, priests to, um, to, to change the center and the focus of, of where you need to start from. Do not let, sure, we do not, need to, we do not have to ignore the sun astrology, but we have to start with the moon astrology. Yes, I was so surprised, so shocked and surprised and amazed uh, because I forever, you know, I'm sure like 99.9% of people was reading their sun sign astrology in the local newspaper or as you're scrolling through things, you know, either on Facebook or, you know, on the internet and you go, oh, like I'm a Pisces and this is what that all means by my sun sign. But when I found out that there's more to this than meets the eye, as a result of a bunch of other investigation over the past past, you know, 10 years or so, I, I got a lot more interested in actually astronomy and astrology, because I thought, again, it's like there's stuff that's hidden from us, that in order to master our lives, I think we need to know. And so it came as a great surprise to me and joy that I'm not just the sun sign because I kept going, why am I like, if anyone knows anything about Pisces, it's like all this 12th house, wishy-washy, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> just stuff that I thought I, I don't, I'm not really, I'm not really like that in my life. So I got embarrassed and didn't want to tell anybody about what they might be able to expect <laughs> from me because I'm a Pisces. I'm just like, okay, so I'm not, I'm not, I was like, oh, okay, this is good and important to know because then you start, even by just what you think you are, you start to behave that way like this is the observer effect right so very much psychologically it can be quite um, either enriching or damaging or maybe a little bit of both uh, but when you understand that there's more to you than just the sun sign which is uh, uh, like you say contemporary it's this contemporary easy sort of spoon-fed you know um you know, easy to swallow it like pablum for babies, but it doesn't actually help nourish you after you get through the baby phase of astrology. And so as we grow in our understanding and knowing and going, wow, it's like these things are really powerful tools uh, to be able to live a more balanced life. Uh, it's a, you, you develop a curiosity and a wisdom to nourish yourself with more of that balance of things. So the sun and the moon together. Uh, I was again going moon mother. I didn't know it didn't know any of this stuff and how important it was. Even as a farm girl, you know, we depended on like royalty, you depend on the seasons, but I hadn't ever connected um, the, what the planets were doing with how we managed our farm, for example. Uh, so it's, it's not airy fairy. It's what royalty used. And I think, again, it's like this cosmopolitan contemporary, like it's how you find your lucky eight ball or your wheel of fortune numbers or something, but it's, there's so much more to it than that. Um, that when we understand how powerful it is, we can really leverage our consciousness about using 
this tool. And, and so I wanted to really uh, express or show all of the features of the moon and the ascendant sign as well, because your ascendant really has a lot to do with how you show up in, yeah. in, in the world and in life. So can you just talk into that ascendant. more, Crassy? Ascendant, of course. Ascendant is the rising sign. This is this this sign which influences you the most at the moment of your birth because it, it rises with you at the moment of your birth. The sign which rises on the eastern horizon, this is what you are because the first house ruled by uh, connected with the ascendant this is the house of life so in the traditional astrology they just call it the house of life this is you this this area of first moment this is uh, this describes just everything this describes how you look this describes your emotions your um your health your overall health this describes your uh, even your profession the way you think the way the way you do just everything you can speak um only by the degree of the rising sign of the ascendant, the, the degree, because on every degree out of these 360 degrees of the, of the zodiac, we have a star constellations which are projecting their influences. So this um, one degree at the, which is influencing you at the moment of your birth is like um describing your life your body your mind your soul everything so this is the house of life this is the ascendant so you have the house of life the ascendant you have the moon and you have the sun as the holy trio and here comes something very interesting and this is the lot of fortune the lot of fortune is derived from the sun and the moon that's why both are important but you cannot say we are this sun sign because you need to start with moon ascendant or, or ascendant moon and sun what is the lot of fortune the lot of fortune is this lot or point of the ancient astrology which is derived from the position of the sun and the moon in such way that wherever this point uh, falls in your horoscope it describes again you yourself your body overall body condition and the way you will make money the way you'll be earning your 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 finances in, in your entire life so you see all are very important it's so it's so interesting can you share a couple of examples of the physical features of people who are certain ascendant signs. Like what would be some physical features of say a Libra rising? Libra. Okay. Uh, Libra. Well, you know, I want to use something more. I will tell you about Libra, but something more uh, evident, like something that yes. everyone would immediately recognize. Okay. So, yes, please. Let's say the lion. Leo, because oh, Leo. everyone knows easily, you know, you, you, we know how the lion looks like, right? Lion. Every um, degree of the ascendant lion would have a detail which will add up to the char characteristics of the, of the person who is ruled by the lion, right? And it would matter where the ruler of the lion, which is the sun, is positioned in the horoscope. Okay, but these are details, of course. But let's say simply the lion, the animal lion, typically... These people will resemble the lion. They will have, let's say, round, very, very light skins and faces. They would have light and bright eyes. They would have a lot of hair. 
obviously the lion. Typically, these people always, without exception, would have would have that much hair that you'll be able to recognize them. Like I would know already from experience. Oh, she or he have ascendant has ascendant lion Leo because this hair uh, often they will be attracted by. Uh, orange or red or they will if they're not originally with light hairs they would paint them mm. because this would be what their soul uh, is attracted to so this is every degree adds detail we would have degrees which say oh this person will be short or long or will have um, problems with uh, with weight gain or not you know this already comes from the degrees but this is a very evident example which I am giving you. With the Libra people, uh, I have to check um, in better detail the degrees, but Libra is a sign which, of course, uh, is not ruled. First, you have distinction, you know, in the, in the ancient astrology, you have animal signs, you have human signs, you have many layers of distinctions. They have, they call some, some even, um, uh, many, many layers. But, um, Libra is not an animal sign. And uh, as such, it will be a very, uh, of course, there, such people only by knowing the Libra would, be, would look very balanced. Um, and it is intellectual sign because it is not animal sign. It is very intellectual. And you would see and you would recognize these people to be very intellectual and balanced. Mm -hmm. And since also... Uh, Saturn is joyful, exalting there. You would see them uh, Saturnine, organized, and you would see them also attracted by the Venus features. You recognize Venus in them. You should be able to recognize Venus in these people. Most of them, because of the degrees in Libra, you have there one very important constellation. This is the Northern Crown. Most of these people uh, are visible with what they do. Or they are very handy, very gifted. They, some of them would be attracted to Saturnine matters like exact knowledge. They would be financists or simply good, exact and organized. You should be able to recognize Venus to a degree Saturn and they would be intellectual. Awesome. Let's do one more for fun. How about <laughs> Taurus? A Taurus? Which is not me. <laughs> I have, like, they're not I, me, but I'm just curious. Like, Taurus. <laughs> so I have... <laughs> a day, you know, uh, again, the degree, the degree Leo. Powerful sign is Taurus because... This axis Taurus, Scorpio, have royal stars. Uh, uh, you know, the, this is the celestial bull, the great bull of Babylon, you know, with the uh, Taurus people, uh, depends in which part, but maybe let's say if, if, this, if they fall under the first uh, 15 degrees of Taurus, you, they, they can, they love, they love um, life. They enjoy life. They look Venus-like. They're sweet. They're attractive people. Of course, it would depend when Venus is placed, but people will be very attracted naturally. They would be sweet and attractive. They love life. They love food. But this is already known also from the modern astrology, because of the if they have this first 15 degrees, they may be a bit arrogant. They would feel that they uh, rule the world, you know. They would be, you see them, this in their expression. But um, most of them are charming and, um, and, um, and, and very attractive. And they lo love enormously uh, life. And um, depending on the position of, of the moon, some can have uh, weight 
problems, let's say. Right. And uh, yes. So much fun. So much fun. I love the words that you use too. It's like people are sweet or they're delicate or it's nice or, you know, good, or they could be a little bit arrogant, but it's all this really pleasant, um, you know, vocabulary that's used to describe people. How often does a person's ascendant sign change within the span of a day? How many ascendant signs do, are they all uh, do you know, because I think it's like people go, well, if I in general know my birth time in general, is it going to give me my proper ascendant sign? You have many different cycles, so many, but let's take, all right, let's take, for example, uh, also when you talk about, you see, when you talk about these degrees, here come, before I answer this, when you describe uh, ascendant of somebody, let's say Taurus, the degrees would show whether the hair is dark, whether the person would have light skin, whether what could be, you know, these are details which, which are very interesting. This is one thing. But then there are many cycles. For example, because the celestial sphere is not the zodiac, the celestial sphere moves on the opposite direction, opposite of the zodiacal sign. Here you have one particular movement. Then you have the decanates. <clears throat> These are rulers of time. Every 45 minutes, different ruler of time we have. This is, this is different decanates. Like you have the celestial spheres, which show the hierarchy of the planets. You have, you have the sun. You know, and then you you have the order of the planets. You know, you have um, you have the moon, you have um, uh, Mercury, Venus. You have the sun. You have Mars. You have Jupiter, Saturn. You have then the zodiacal uh, constellations and stars. Above them, you have these decanates, which are very high hierarchy uh, divinities, deities, which actually are something like they're ruler of rulers of time. 45 minutes uh, with the celestial sphere, they rule the time. They all have names. And above them is everything or nothing. It's the absolute. It is the creator. They're like guardians of the creator. You know, it's just everything. So this is one way of looking at rulership of time. Then um, every... Um, what other way? There, there are many ways. Also, you have the rulership by uh, so-called perfections. When every year of your life is ruled by certain sign. When you were born, the first year of your life is ruled by your ascendant from zero to one. Hmm. Then from one to two, you're ruled by your second house and so on. And then they repeat it forever, forever until you reach 100. <laughs> then Almost there. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is huge insight, Crassy, honestly, because uh, it's it's very important insight for people in terms of life management, because what we expect um, when you've got this, it's all, it's a chart, you know, so when you've got the chart and you sort of know what you can 
uh, expect um, to be able to support you or that you need to be working through. That's a huge help. It's like actually having a roadmap um, you, to say from uh, here to Bulgaria, from Edmonton, Alberta <laughs> to Bulgaria. Somebody has given us a roadmap, you know, and we're going to have the roadmap. And along the way, we know we're going to run against up against things because there's construction or there's cities or there's whatever. But we know what's coming. If you just said, I said, Crassie, I'm going to come visit you in Bulgaria. See you soon. <laughs> like without a map, there's, it's, it's a lot harder. I would find you though. Cause I like you that much. <laughs> and so it's, but having the map is so much better. I want to talk a little bit more about this, uh, why the ascendant sign is so important because I I thought I was a Pisces. So I'm just going to keep going back to that as my frame of reference. Cause I will, (laughs) so it's like, if you look up Pisces and you go, okay, these are all the things that I would expect would be showing up in my life or how I might behave or the attributes I would have. And hardly any of them were accurate. And so it was very distressing to try to be a Pisces and, you know, when <laughs> Try to be a Pisces. <laughs> it sounds funny, but it's like I'm not thin and I'm not like waif like. I'm like none of those things. I'm not. So I'm just like, oh my Lord. So when I actually found out what I was, I went, oh, well, that makes much more sense. But the other thing is that it's very different depending between whether you look at Western astrology or ancient astrology, what you're even looking at in terms of the chart. Um, so I was, when I'm in Western astrology, my ascendant is different and it's not right. Cause I can tell by the uh, description of that ascendant and what I am when I look at the ancient astrology um, or by the Vedic birth chart. So do you want to just talk a little bit about the difference between why somebody might want to go with the ancient astrology or Vedic birth chart versus the Western birth chart? I'll try to answer um, briefly because we might need another three hours (laughs) for this, but okay. Just to begin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, this is a a very interesting topic and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, well, look, uh, the sidereal, sidereal means starry. It means that we, the astrology is astronomical. It applies the stars and the constellation. This is this is simply sidereal. Mm-hmm. Sidereal is astronomical. It means literally you're born at this very moment when on the eastern horizon the fifth degrees of Libra is rising. Astronomical. This is on the sky. This is in your horoscope. With all the stars applying to this degree, and uh, so this is that simple. Why people want to make it more complicated? I will tell you in a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons is people not to make use of astrology. Mm-hmm. Because astrology is a great help, as you said. Yes. That's why. Mm-hmm. But what happened? Let's go back to uh, 5,000 years ago. Uh, well, the Babylonians used this sidereal method. Simply sidereal, observational. Very simply, they would watch the sky, observe. They had their astronomical diaries. We have these diaries now. Some of them translated. We do have from cuneiform, from, from Akkadian and Sumerian. We do have them. The thing is, they also have had something which was called uh, the tropical lunar ecliptic. It's a calendar. It was calendar. What they would do, they would apply, uh, they would have the zodiac as you, as you imagine it now, but mm-hmm. it, were, it would be 12 
sections as on the zodiac, equals equal 12 sections. And in the middle of four of them, as a cross, they would put the points of the equinoxes and the solstices. So they would split in two. It means 30 degrees each, but these points, which form a cross of the, of the uh, vernal spring solstice um, and, and um, autumn solstice, uh, uh, spring equinox, uh, autumn equinox, uh, winter solstice, summer solstice, these points were divided into two in the middle. And by the and then each of the sections of the twelve sections, which you now know to be uh, the contemporary zodiac, mm -hmm. they would put the names of the months, the names of the months, and this way they would observe the sky and they would apply to their calendar and they would be able to predict. They would be applying the ominous uh, phenomena that that they would uh, see with their observations. So. But this was the tropical ecliptic of the Babylonians. So look what happened. This was this is seven thousand years old. Mm -hmm. This is hermetic. What is happening? Somewhere around zero year, it would be first century. Ptolemy, uh, he mm -hmm. was a great, great, beautiful astronomer. No, no doubt, he took this. Uh, tropical calendar, the lunar calendar, it's lunar calendar. They would use it for to, to uh, observe and uh, register the eclipses. And then they would look at the results and predict the results from the eclipses. But what is happening? Ptolemy took this same calendar and simply replaced the names of the calendar, the lunar months with the zodiacal constellations. Okay, no problem. But when he did that, we had the vernal equinox in zero degree Aries. Remember, zero degree Aries. And what happened further? He, he would make this um, uh, zodiacal uh, circle, a zodiacal um, calendar. Uh, he would uh, quote it in, uh, he would use it in his uh, Tetra Biblos, in his books. Very good. But this was still sidereal because when he did it, he did it in the zero, when the equinox was in the zero degree Aries, which is not now. Now it's in the four degree <laughs> Pisces. What happened? The contemporary astrologers copied and pasted this forever. Copy, paste, copy, paste. And they never applied this change, which is actually happening with the, the changes because we, the equinoxes change slowly, but they change. From that time of Ptolemy, the contemporary astrology still applies this very same moment of zero degree Aries without changing. And we have amazing researchers who worked on that. One of them is Cyril Fagan and others who wrote, wrote, wrote on this. And uh, it's been ignored because the dark side doesn't want this light to come uh, to us. You know that actually there is nothing wrong with the tropical zodiac unless they 
move the points of the, of the equinoxes with the time they changed because the, the zodiac is, is alive. The cosmos is alive. The universe is alive. Why to keep the zodiac as it was 2,500 years ago? Tell me. To keep people in the dark. I'll tell you. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So yes, welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where we invite you to actually look up at the sky and see what's really going on there. <laughs> uh, and it's like we're laughing about it. Uh, I think it's important to make light a little bit of how much we've been infiltrated and that when you hear the truth, you just go, Oh, of course, of course that makes total sense. So then that's why the Zodiac or your horoscope might've felt just a little off, you know, where I hear that people will say, it just feels like a little bit off. It isn't quite resonating with me. And when I did my, um, went to astro.com for those of you who actually want to do this, you can go to my website, masteryourlife.ca and look for Crassie's, um, page on there. And she, we have the formula there for you to be able to actually do this quite easily and you can get your own birth chart and then you can follow along from this different perspective. It's, uh, the, the beginning, you know, I've said this on a podcast or two along this last year in particular, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step. And when you are so far off course already, you need to sort of, it's like backing up and going, okay, how do we actually get a restart from a fresh slate? And this birth chart is one way of doing that. And it's really uh, honoring your own individual, beautiful arrival on the planet here, your own. It's like, you're like a snowflake. No one else was born at the same time as you in the same place in the same moment there. It's so you are like this snowflake. You're finding your fingerprint. It's another tool to do that where you see your divinity and that from that perspective, you can really look at your chart um, through the eyes of reveling in yourself, where it's not cookie cutter, uh, it's not um, contemporary, it is divine. And that's a very different thing. Uh, so thank you, Cassie, for, for helping me thank to you, get my way out of that <laughs> stuff. So let's talk now about why this you know, the, the sun's important, but let's talk about the moon and why is the moon so important in people's, um, in astrology and in their charts? The moon is very fast. The moon, the moon is like a lens. The moon takes, let's say the moon makes conjunction with Venus. Then she takes like a lens, this energy and just moves it. And the moon has amazing role. The moon is, there is no, you see, there is no activity. There is no life. There is, there is no, even the, the flowers and the, and, the, and the trees wouldn't grow without the moon. Nothing can exist without the moon because the moon, the moon rules the, the, the tidal waves. And with this, she rules the agriculture, as you just said. The moon is everything. We cannot come on earth with the moon and we, without the moon. We cannot even leave this world without the moon. It's, Let's <laughs> talk really about this whole title thing. This is this has come up as a, a theme a ton this month. And I'm sure it's because of all <laughs> the super moons and the moons of this and that. But what would be the consequence if the moon actually turned the other direction? <laughs> like what would happen to, because it, it doesn't actually rotate. No, <laughs> no, but you know, Let's say what is the moon doing yeah, when in the doing. in the horoscopes the moon is has no course. Yeah. 
Mm. Void, of course. Everything you see, you have moon which is in uh, apogee on, or in a perigee. Uh, on, on perigee, it is when the moon is very near. Then these people are very lunar. You would see them very emotional. They would shift emotions. They would be maybe uh, then when when the moon is very near, uh, when the moon is far, these people are more in control of their emotions. This is um, apogee and perigee of the moon. But you have also situation in the horoscope. Uh, this is maybe will lead us now thinking together what would happen if the moon is, is back is moving backwards. Um, even there was one astrologer, you know, in one forum was saying that the moon can be retrograde, and I I never I, I found it very funny. <laughs> <The> retrograde moon. <laughs> but Please not in my chart. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough going on in there. <laughs> I will put one air in your chart on your moon to make sure that your moon is retrograde, Leah. Are you searching for answers to life's deep questions about love, luck, and prosperity? Well, come to MasterYourLife.ca and visit Roadmap to the Realms. Get answers from our favorite experts and curated resources for all things astrological, esoteric, and metaphysical. From extensive life horoscopes and birth chart rectification to dream interpretation and astrological talisman consultations, find your connection to the stars and the divine right here. MasterYourLife.ca, your science and spiritual source store. So, uh, you, you see, so let's, let's say a situation when the moon is void of course which means the moon is not making any the moon is in the last three degrees of a sign and she doesn't have any aspects with any planets no aspects we call this moon that she doesn't have a course it's like imagine she has stopped she's not moving what is this giving to the horoscope such people cannot complete things they cannot they cannot like they would have some success let's say potentially but it doesn't really happen. In the very last moment, it doesn't happen or something will come up and they would, they would have failure. This is a very, very difficult moon, very difficult, the moon with, which is void, of course, no course moon. So you see, when the moon is not active, uh, she's, not, she's not helping you to accomplish what you want to accomplish or um, then you usually would have uh, problems with the mother figure. Moon void, of course, there will be something because she, as you mentioned, rules the mother. You would have either um, not harmonious relationship or there will be something. This is when she has no course. I don't want to imagine when she would be retrograde what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't want to know. No, I don't <laughs> want to know either. So how many, how many, I know this is probably a wild question, but how many days a year would the moon have no course in general? Um, no, this is something which is not astronomically valid. This is because the constellations, let's say, in in the in the ancient zodiac, we use equal house system of thirty degrees each, which doesn't correspond to the length of the zodiacal constellation. See, because mm -hmm. you can have a Cancer which is very short, uh, and still the Cancer sign is thirty degrees. What part of Leo is inside? The head of Leo is very much in in the zodiacal sign of Cancer, mm -hmm. and then you can have Leo which is very long or others. So. Uh, this is not astronomical phenomenon. This is zodiacal phenomenon. So I don't know. It is so that in the very last three degrees of the sign, if the moon is there and the moon doesn't make aspect with to a degree, exact, exact, to any other planets applying, then 
this moon is having no core. So I do not know. I haven't ever checked the statistics so, around that. Right. Might be but you see it often. You see it often, Leah. You see it often. Yeah. Yes. Because it might be interesting for people to be self-reflective and go, GMI, somebody who has a lot of difficulty, you know, with almost getting stuff done and then almost, then it, you know, just never comes to fruition um, because that's a, could be something that you're, you're up against in your, in your own birth chart, in your own birth timing. Yes, because when you know you do something about it, you you apply willpower to complete things. So you you know it, then part of the problem is solved. Like they say, you know, I saw something and I was amazed. Like they said, oh, when you know your future, you have no future. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like when you know it, you can eliminate it. I look at this from a good perspective. You know, you, you know it, you have trouble. You wonder why I can't complete things. Why I, I, I for example... You, uh, you would lose interest, let's say, in something that you started. And you say, oh, I'm bored. I don't want to. This is this moon. Mm. But when you know it, and when you know that potentially you are missing a chance, then you apply willpower. You work on that. You do. You connect with the lunar God, if you want. You look at the moon. You connect. You, you get more lunar uh, energy into your life. Moon, moon, moon thing. And then you will be able to help yourself. But this is, again, with knowledge. That's the thing. You need to know, know. Yeah, beautifully put. I think that the... Um, that when you know that you're up against it, you have this outer standing. You, out, you, stand, you understand what's going on with the planets. And that's outside of you. And then the inner scape that you're fixing or working on is that conscious change where you go, this might be actually what has been forecast for me, but it's just a forecast and I can change that by doing this inner work. Uh, but until you sort of understand the the why that that's happening to you, you might think that you actually have something fundamentally flawed with you personally. Like, and that can create a lot of tension in your life, a lot of self-esteem issues, uh, a lot of tragedy that you could avoid um, and that your children could avoid also because you'd have this different level of self-understanding and self-acceptance too, where you go, oh, wow, like I didn't know that I had all this Mar Mars-Saturn conjunction blowing up my relationships. Well, that explains why I, I have abusive whatever in my life for Martian children. <laughs> so, <laughs> but when you understand your difficulties, then you become conscious of it. You don't just throw your hands up in the air and go, oh, well, whatever, say la vie. I guess that the, you know, the die is cast and I now must live this way. The fates are not the fates. And I think that's something that's been misunderstood uh, or that you've had a change of opinion about over the last couple of years, Cassie, is just how much control do we have over our destiny? What's your thoughts on that now? Yes, yes, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. See, I would think before that your horoscope is something like your passport describes your life and there is nothing you can do but i understood maybe because this so-called great awakening gave me this gift mm -hmm. gift in a way that this knowledge so to say um to understand that actually we this awakening is what about it is about finding who we are mm -hmm. and when finding who we really are we also necessarily we will find out that we are so divine and so powerful that when we vibrate high which means above levels of 
fears, worries, anxieties, uh, um, anger, name it, name it, name it. When we vibrate higher than that, we become so strong and capable of changing events because we create with words we create with thoughts we are creators that's why the matrix is so um afraid of us because we we are very powerful and we um, we start to understand this we are understanding this already so this is how i changed my mind because i saw that when we change our levels our vibrational levels so the levels of our enlightenment and consciousness then we already can change things simply by intention powerful talk powerful thoughts but but um uh, of course this is not easy because we can also usually we can very easily fall in the in these frames of the low vibrations because you we're being projected by the tell a vision mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, <Yeah>. being, <laughs> right. we're being uh, we, we're being programmed 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 yes and it, it is also it's not very easy to stay high but we have to try we have to try and when we are high we are connected with 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 the universe with the creator and we can change we can change but you need the knowledge first you need to know what you need to change yes so let's go back to that for a moment for people who don't (laughs) for people who don't have their birth time because i think this is an incredible thing as well as um some people will um not have their birth time they'll have the wrong birth time they won't be able to get access to their birth time what are ways that you can help people to actually get on track this is something called rectification it is quite accurate this is technique um, to find out people's birth time uh, or to adjust the birth time if they know it approximately or if they if it's wrong. So this is a rectification. For this, the most um, workable and appropriate technique is, again, ancient technique. It's called primary directions. For which technique you use? The movement of the celestial sphere and not the zodiac. So it's pretty much influential in terms of events. Then you go back and you look at past events of people's lives based on these past events. When you find them, it's like a puzzle. You should be able to adjust the time of birth. This is one thing which is very, uh, this, this, actually, this is the only way, rectification, finding out the real time of birth. It is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fundamental to getting the chart right. Really. So if again, coming back to the, um, I've taught a lot of really exceptionally uh, gifted athletes and, and uh, business leaders. And one of the things we always say is the foundation of what you're building on. If it's strong, then everything else will work itself out. And this is the same in my mind and my thoughts and my beliefs is really if you have the foundation of your birth time and where you were where you were born um, also makes an incredible uh, difference to what that birth chart looks like. So uh, it's a really important investment in your life to actually invest in understanding um yeah just just where were you and this divine moment belongs to no other on the planet and so it's very much your personal print that you were sent here 
you or you you would chose to come here at that exact time in that exact circumstances at that exact moment and that the reason you chose that is because you were signing up for this life that you are living right now so if you're having some dissatisfaction challenges um, you think that you could have more joy in life if you understood more about yourself this is a really fundamental tool um, to having that this birth chart thing yeah it's very very incredibly powerful uh, so Crassy, we're down to the last minute what's the <laughs> last message that you would like to share um, with people Huh. What what would be my last message? Well, it is a cliche, maybe, but knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, indeed. Um, I'm not talking only about astrology, but in general, now you see people are awakening to the true knowledge. This is why we become more powerful, because we are starting to know. We are not denied access to to true knowledge that this is so beautiful for the moment for this so-called awakening but um well astrology the ancient astrology is part of this awakening knowing the true knowledge because the contemporary science is also a bit uh not to trust it completely and astrology is the first science of humanity given to us from hermes trismegistus Mm -hmm. yeah thank you hermes Thanks, Yes. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us on this episode of Master Your Life. If you'd like to see more of Crassie's work, get in touch with her for birth rectification, natal charts, and other readings. Please find her on the masteryourlife.ca website. Crassie, thank you so much again for being my wonderful, divine, inspiring guest. Pleasure. Great pleasure. I thank you very much, Leah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Wonderful. Everyone, love yourselves, love each other, mind your minds. That's all for us. Bye for now. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.